You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Good morning, CHCC. I hope that you had a great week and thank you for joining us this morning. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the family. We like to say that we're one big family here at CHCC. With the Morgans, we have two young drivers and we have another one that recently got his permit. And so I would ask that you would pray for us. Pray for us as we have young drivers on the road. Also pray for us uh, as we've had to uh, look at auto insurance. Uh, that will make you weep the amount that I'm paying right now and feel like I need a small loan. But my kids have been learning the rules about driving, learning about the different signs and just learning the various rules concerning driving. And we know that rules help us, or at least should help us drive in an orderly manner. Hopefully it cuts down on accidents. Hopefully it keeps those little blue lights from coming behind us, letting us know that we've broken uh, certain rules uh, as we're driving. Now I question where, whether everyone in San Antonio has passed that driving test because as you know, we have a lot of crazy drivers out there, uh, drivers that we have to be on the lookout because it doesn't appear that they know the rules or they're just choosing not to follow them. But we know that rules in general can be a good thing. They help us live, live orderly lives. We have grammar rules that I try to follow most of the time, but my English teacher, uh, my wife tries to make sure that I follow most of these. Well, we have fashion rules. Some of these I'm not aware of, and I have to talk to my middle son and make sure that I'm following these for the most part. Well, we have rules when it comes to games. And if we didn't have these rules, would it even make the games fun? Well, we have rules that we teach our family, house rules. For instance, we taught our kids not to talk to strangers or to look both ways before they cross the street. One of our house rules is do not sit on the couch when you're sweaty. No, we don't want our furniture filled with your sweat. My wife has made sure our boys do not eat loud. They don't want, she doesn't want them crunching on ice and slurping and all of those things. It's something that bothers her a great deal. And so that's one of the rules in our house. Do not do that. We also have taught our boys to knock on our door before entering. We taught them not to interrupt us when we were talking. Those are all rules that, that we have in our house. And we feel like rules, for the most part, help us live an orderly life. Now, here's a couple questions for you. How many of you are rule followers? How many of you love rules? And it bothers you when people break the rules. Now, how many of you are rule breakers? You're like, what rules? Oh, rules are there to be made to be broken. Now, how many of you are rule benders? Ah, uh, rules are there and they're meant as a guideline, but you don't have to follow every one of them. I can tell you when I was younger, I loved following the rules. I liked the black and white and I would try to follow those. Uh, but as I've gotten older, I've probably become more of a rule bender. I see them as guidelines and for the most part, I follow them, but there's a few that I will bend from time to time. Whether you love rules and you follow them or more, if you're more of a, you see rules as more of a guide, 
Uh, we think, you know, I believe that rules can help us in life. And as we've, we've been studying First uh, John in a series called Love Illuminated, and in week one, we talked about experiencing God, taking time in solitude, and experiencing his love in our life. In week two, I challenged you to love one another. That love has no exception clauses. And so we're called to even love the people that get on our nerves, even those people that hurt us. In week three, we talked about not loving the world not making our stuff, our possessions, a God in our life, that we're called to love God, and we don't want to misplace our love for God on our stuff. And today, we're going to talk about how love and obedience work hand in hand. If you look at 1 John, you will see that obedience is a key theme. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 John. We're going to start off in chapter 2, but we're going to be all over the book uh, this morning. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 5 says, when, and when we can be sure, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't know God's commands, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's, God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know that we are living in him. John is saying to know Christ is to obey Christ. Now, does that mean that if we make a mistake that we don't know Christ? If we sin that we don't know Christ? No, that's not what he's saying. Actually, if you go back a verse, we will see that John acknowledges, hey, we are going to sin. But we have a defense attorney. We have Jesus. We have an advocate. Actually, 1 John 2.1 says, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. And so, yes, sometimes we will blow it, sometimes we'll sin, and we have Jesus as our advocate. But despite having Jesus as our advocate, we should strive for obedience. First John chapter 5, go ahead and flip over a few chapters. Starting at verse 1 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know that we love, we know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commands. Now notice verse 3, and we're going to come back to verse 3 as well. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Verse 4, for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now go back and look at verse 3. Loving God means keeping his commandments. I don't know about you, but when I read that, it just kind of blew me away. God equates my love for him with my obedience. God equates my love with him with my obedience. But it makes sense if you kind of think about it. As a parent, I have thought many times, if my kids really love me, they're going to listen to what I have to say, and hopefully they're going to follow some of the rules that we have put in place for our family. Now, as a parent, I'm not putting these rules in place to just create rules and try to create problems for my kids. No, I'm putting these things in place to help them, to protect them. And, and that's what this verse also declares, that God's not trying to put a heavy yoke on us. He's not just putting rules in place to put rules in place. 
He's coming from a good place. God wants us to genuinely love him. Now, what does this genuine love look like? If you go back a couple chapters, 1 John chapter 3, verses 23 to 24, it says, And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with them, and he with them. And we know he, he lives in, with, in us because the Spirit gave us, gave us, lives in us. Clark Global once said, Obedience and love should combine naturally and emit from the believer in a way that isn't forced or put on. This type of love and obedience cocktail should serve to attract others to Christ and be naturally contagious. And there once was a religious teacher that came to Jesus and asked him what the greatest commandment was. If you look at Matthew chapter 22, and Jesus could have chosen any law or any of the commandments, but this is how he responded in verse, chapter, verse 37 in Matthew chapter 22. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And second, it is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Basically, love God and love people. As Jesus prepared to leave his disciples, he instructed them in John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And he promised to send a helper, the Holy Spirit, to teach them how to obey in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17 and verse 26. In John 15, verses 12 and 13, he said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Great, greater love has no one has, has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. The love of Jesus is practical. He gave his life to save us. Now he demands that we too do something. He demands that we love. The Apostle Paul understood this when he wrote Galatians 6 2, carry each other's burdens in a way that you fulfill the law of Christ. We are to show our love for God by doing good deeds for others, by caring for people and helping people. And some of you grew up in Christianity, and Christianity was all about the rules. It, it seemed like the, that you worship the don't God. Don't play cards, don't dance, don't drink. You, know, you could list the I don'ts that you weren't supposed to do. Uh, you could make a whole sheet filled with the don'ts. And for some of you, this was very attractive. It was a nice scorecard. Because if you just didn't do these things, that meant that you had a good relationship with God. That meant that you knew God. But legalism crept into your life. It was more about the rules than actually knowing God. It was more about the rules than actually having a relationship with God. See, obedience without love is legalism. Obedience for its own sake can be nothing more than perfectionism which leads to pride. And I know there's some people out here say, that will say, well, look, I'm doing this, this, and this, and this. And they get prideful about their obedience. Well, that's a problem. See, obedience without love is legalism. Obedience is, is a response to God's love, not a condition for it. As we end this series, I want to challenge you to be obedient. But be obedient because you are in love with God. 
Not because you're afraid of God or you're doing it out of obligation. Consider areas in your life that you're typically obedient and take some time to reflect what's motivating you to be obedient. Is it love or obligation? I truly believe that love overcomes.